What's up, chefs? I'm Julia London, and welcome to the Shade Judah Podcast. So, one of my favorite things after school is ramen. Like, I absolutely love this stuff. I like all the oyster mushrooms, spring onions, coriander or cilantro, maybe some baby corn, some freshly grated garlic, some nice fresh ramen noodles, beef, prawns, chicken. But one of the things I love the best about it is the heat, the chilies, the red ones, the green ones, and everything in between. And this one time, I made one of the rookie mistakes that chefs make in the kitchen, chopping the chili and then rubbing your eye. I was running around trying to see how I could get it out of my eye. I wanted water over it. I got like a wet paper towel and put it over my eye. Nothing worked. The whole time this was happening, I was just I was just thinking, why is this happening to me? Like, why are chilies so hot? I might be able to help you with that. This is my mate Dan. He's a science communicator. Can you explain how chilies are so hot? Uh, yeah, I can try. Uh, so first of all, you've got to think about how your body works. You've got uh, nerve endings all over your body that tell you uh, what's going on they're sending signals to your brain depending on what's happening to them uh, and of course you have nerve endings that are really good at telling when things are hot so you'll know in the kitchen if you touch the hot pan you're going to feel that uh, your nerve ending is going to send that signal to your brain because they've touched something hot well in chilies there's a chemical called capsaicin and uh, there's a few other chemicals as well but capsaicin is like the big one and that uh, attaches itself to these nerve endings in your mouth or your eye, in your instance, and uh, and kind of scrambles them and tricks them into sending exactly the same signal they would if they were touching something hot. So as far as your brain's concerned, you're getting exactly the same sensation as something that is temperature hot, but in this case, it's this chemical, you know, spiciness, the, the heat that we associate with chilies. So uh, yeah, it's nasty stuff, especially in your eye. The process for me to get the spice out of my eye, or the capsaicin, as you said, took a really long time. So what did you use? How did you try and get it out of your eye? I used, I tried to use cold water. Yeah. I just froze on my face. I tried to use a little bit of warm water. That just Didn't melted my face. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought it would be just a good idea to put a warm washcloth on it and just watch Tintin. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, Tintin, I think, is the yeah. proper solution. Okay, so the problem with you using water, which is a really, you know, normal instinct to put on something that's hot is the chemical capsaicin doesn't uh, bond with water so this is gonna be really hard to picture but it, uh, we have molecules of course everything's made of molecules or atoms and the molecules of capsaicin they're what we call hydrophobic so hydro means water phobic like phobia when you're scared of things so we can we're sort of saying that the molecule is scared of water it doesn't like to bond with it mm. uh, and so when you're washing water over the capsaicin the capsaicin is totally ignoring it not getting washed away it's still bonding to your your nerve endings and creating that sensation however it does like uh, fatty things like oils and, and the kind of fats you get in milk so milk's actually a really great thing to drink if you've got a spicy filling in your mouth because those capsaicin molecules will bond with the fat and get washed away uh, whether or not you want to pour milk in your eye is uh, a bit messy but it probably would have worked a lot better than the water why do chilies have capsaicin Okay, that's interesting. So it's in the fruit. Uh, the, so the chili itself is a fruit for the chili plant. And the capsaicin is produced inside of there. And it coats the inside. So you know when you chop a chili open, there's the seeds inside and that white pithy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's got lots of capsaicin all over that. And there's a good reason that the chili has that. It's a kind of protection 
self-defense against, well, us specifically. Uh, Human beings are mammals, and mammals are affected by capsaicin. They get this burning sensation, which generally is unpleasant, but, you know, humans have kind of learned to quite enjoy it. Uh, But interestingly, birds aren't affected by it. So birds can eat chili fruit uh, without getting that burning sensation. So it would appear, and it would seem that the plants, the chili plants have evolved, they've developed this defense mechanism specifically against mammals. And there's a really good reason for that. Our digestive system completely destroys the seeds inside of a chili. So if you eat a chili seed, it's not coming out the other end, right? It's, uh, it's getting destroyed in your stomach and your digestion uh, process, but not by a bird. So when a bird eats a chili plant, all the seeds, they don't get destroyed. And of course, then it passes through the other end of the bird, which it poops out and it's somewhere else. Uh, and that's really good for the chili plant because what the chili plant wants is its seeds to grow into more chili plants. So it doesn't want them getting destroyed in the stomachs of mammals. So it's got this defense to try and stop the mammals from eating them, which is that, that burning sensation. But it doesn't affect the birds and then the birds eat it and that's helping the chili plant to grow and spread. So it's a really uh, unique defense mechanism specifically to target mammals rather than the birds who are actually quite helpful for the plant. I was doing a little more research about chilies after the eye incident (laughs) and it came up with this thing called Scoville. And I understand it's a way of measuring the heat of chilies. That's right. But what is Scoville equivalent to like in centimeters or millimeters or anything like that? Yeah, so it's a bit different to that kind of measurement. It works slightly differently. So a little bit of history first. Uh, So it's 1912. So over 100 years ago, uh, and this guy called Wilbur Scoville, so it's named after this guy, he comes up with this test to measure how hot different things are, like different types of chili or different chemicals. Uh, And it's quite a complicated test, but it basically, you dry some of this thing you want to test, you mix it with some fluids, and you get people to taste it. And he would get five people to taste it, and then he'd give them a slightly weaker dose, and a slightly weaker dose, and a slightly weaker dose, until three, at least three of them said they couldn't feel any heat anymore. And then he would assign this number to it, okay? So then he comes up with this scale, the Scoville scale. Uh, and it's the thing is, as a scientific measurement, it's not very accurate, because it depends on how people feel about it. Mm. We'd say it was objective. You know, they might, one person might think, oh, this isn't that hot, it's fine. And that would skew the information they're getting. Okay, so then there's a new kind of test in the 1980s. As it's really complicated sounding. It's called the High Performance Liquid Chromatography uh, Test, or HPLC. Ah. Uh, and this is a little bit more scientific, and it takes a more precise measurement of the way uh, the concentration of the chemicals that are in there. Yeah. But because that's not very catchy, it gets converted into Scovilles. So uh, the Scoville unit isn't so, so much a measurement of uh, you know like a centimeter or a milliliter it's uh, a kind of idea of the concentration of how hot this thing is okay the other thing that's a bit weird about it though is it's the concentration of the dried material so the dried peppers or chilies so it doesn't necessarily equate to how hot your curry is that you're making because it depends what else you put in your curry how much of it you put in there uh, so it works really well if you talk about a chili so you can say uh I've got a list of some of the common um, chilies and why they are on the Scoville scale. So a normal pepper, like a bell pepper, that's mm. zero, right? No, no heat in that one, um, and it goes all the way up to uh, two million four hundred and eighty thousand. And that these ones you can kind of tell from the names, right? They're called like Dragon's Breath, the Carolina Reaper, yeah, the Komodo Dragon Chili Pepper, uh, the the Naga Viper, 
I mean, they sound like they're going to cause you a problem, right? Uh The ghost pepper, that's one. So they have like millions on the Scoville scale. Uh, But if you were to take one of these, this uh, Carolina Reaper, chop a tiny bit of it off, you know, and then mix it into a massive pot of curry, then it wouldn't have the same heat it would if you just bit into the the chili. So these Scoville scales, they're okay for comparing one thing to another, but they don't necessarily tell you a lot about the thing you're about to eat. Okay. Unless you're eating a raw pepper. Right. So I have one more question. Sure. So I'm in year nine right now. Yeah. And I've, I'm doing triple science GCSE. Nice. And Good work. in chemistry, I understand for chromatography, you need to have a certain amount of liquid for it to work. Yeah. So how would they be able to concentrate the dried pep, the dried chili, essentially, and extract all the moisture out of that to make the concentration sure. for the chromatography experiment? So for the for the chromatography one, I'm not sure exactly what the process they use is, but I do know for the Wilbur Scoville's version, he would dry the thing out, so dry it under heat to mm-hmm. just to get the moisture out, grind it up into uh, a powder, and then he'd mix it with alcohol um, to get the the capsaicins out, and and then that would be this really concentrated solution which he would put say five drops of it into just water, so and but then people are tasting that. But it doesn't seem impossible that that same concentrated alcohol liquid um, would be used for the chromatography. Okay. I'm kind of speculating there, yeah. but I think that fits with, um, yeah, you know, like you said, you need some liquid to do the chromatography, right? But they specifically say this is high-performance liquid chromatography. Okay. So, yeah, they must have a liquid. And I assume the process is reasonably similar at the start. Dry the thing out, get the moisture out of it, grind it up, uh, and uh, somehow purify that with something like alcohol. Psst, yo, guys, while I've got your attention, I'd like to ask a huge favor. If you enjoy listening to Shay Judah, please head over to my page on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We can give the show a nice review. It's really helpful in getting others to listen and enjoy Shay Judah too. So, Judah, do you want to try an experiment? Sure. Okay, so I've got here in front of us, uh, I've got a glass of milk. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got one each. I've got a glass of water each. Uh-huh. And you'll see in the middle there, I've also got some chilies. Uh-huh. So these are rocket chilies. We're not entirely sure how hot they are. I don't know where they are on our Scoville scale, but uh, they're three chili hot on the packet. That's what it says. <laughs> uh, so the theory being that because of that capsaicin molecule, uh, it doesn't like to mix with water, but it does like to mix with fat things like oils and stuff. So there's fat in the milk, it's whole milk. There's no fat in the water, the water's just water. So we, I think what we should do is we should try taking a bite out of these chilies. I'll do it if you'll, you'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, and then we'll try cooling our mouths down with the water, see if that works. Uh, and my theory is it won't. Uh, and then we'll try with the milk and my theory slash hope <laughs> is that that will help. Yeah. Should we give this a go? Yeah. Right, you've got your chili? Mm-hmm. You ready? Right, do yeah. a countdown. I get three, two, one. Okay, that's not, no, that is hot. Mm-hmm. Oh, really hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go try the water. It's tolerable for me because I'm used to spicy stuff, but I'm gonna test it. Like, so, oh no, <laughs> see, the water tastes it's cool in my mouth, but it. It hasn't changed anything. No, it doesn't. If anything, it provokes them. Mm. It's washed it down my throat. Now my throat is on fire. <coughs> mm-hmm. So let's hope the milk works, shall we? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Instant. Instant. Oh yeah, that's definitely washed. I mean, it's still no, it's still burning a little bit. Still on your tongue, but it, it, it's like an instant relief. So I'm swilling it around. I do feel like it's washing it away. My lips are still burning. My tongue is still on fire. But the milk, do you think the milk's better? The milk is way better than the water. But I'm, I'm mm. way used to spicy stuff because I like spicy. So you're so. enjoying this. I'm, my <laughs> eyes are watering. I <laughs> need more milk. This is like having a spicy quesadilla to me, but... Oh, that's definitely um, beyond my normal uh, spicy level. God, you're really calm about it. <laughs> are your lips not on fire? No. Mine are. <laughs> All right, chefs, that service done. You can check out my recipe for ramen at www.jillondon.com or follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jillondon. Today's episode is produced by me and my mom, Kara Smith. Audio recording by Tomash Casper. Intro music composed by Alvaro Angeloro. Special thanks to my friends at the Royal Institution. Thank you for listening. And if you like today's show, there's tons more to listen to and more to come. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe so you'll never miss out on what's new Shade Shooter.